Hello and welcome to another episode of In the Narthex. My name is Alyssa Gubrell, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff Thune and Pastor Lucas Hattenberger of Northwest Bible Church. Every other week, we sit down to discuss how the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks to the questions and conversations of today. And today, we are talking about the theology of music. Yeah, so um, welcome, guys. We're back in the narthex, um, staying true to our name. Um, We've upgraded a little bit here. We have microphones. We have microphones. We have a table. We have video. We have camera, Um, yeah. I sounded like I'd been smoking Marlboro Reds for (laughs) years um, the last time we talked, but hopefully my voice is a little bit um, more sultry. No, that's not the right word. It's just smoother, silkier. Smooth. yeah, so uh, we ended episode one um, talking about if the goal of corporate worship, um, the Sunday morning service, i.e. church, is to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, um, let the gospel find its home in our hearts. Well, that changes not only the way that we think about the, the shape of the entire service, but also each particular part therein, uh, including the music. Um, I would say this is kind of the difference between pop stars and worship leaders or liturgists. Um, pop stars, the, the end game is record sales. And so you think of um, just en- pop music in general, uh, going back years, you know, um, bass lines, guitar intros, hooks, anything that can kind of get the audience to go, oh, yeah, I, I like that. I want to listen to that. I want to buy that album and hear it again. So, um, you know. Queen and Vanilla Ice take this bass line, dun, 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 get stuck in your head, you want to hear yeah. it again, dun, 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 dun. or um, Taylor Swift, you know, she's, she's incredible at this. Um, we will never um, maybe think of language the same way after driving in our minivans with our kids, with our spouses, and hearing things like, yeah, you know what? The, the players are going to play, 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 and the haters are going to hate, hate, hate. Truth. Um, but I'm just going to shake this off, you know? And all of a sudden, you're dusting <laughs> you're dusting the, the dust off your yeah. shoulder, and you're like, wait a second, what am I doing right now? What is this? But um, a pop star, it, it really is production of music, um, you know, uh, in the studio, I'm... I'm, I'm trying to lay something down that is going to hook my audience. Um, and that's kind of the end game to record sales. Well, obviously, if um, the goal of uh, a worship service of the corporate gathering of the church is to let the word of Christ richly within us, that's a different kind of goal uh, for a worship leader. And it's, it's something far more substantive. Um, it's eternal. It requires um, just a man, just a whole nother level of intentionality, um, sobriety, and so um, we have to be really thoughtful then, as leaders, as pastors, Lucas, as as you know, kind of the chief liturgist here at Northwest about um, yeah, what, what are we singing? What are we putting in front of people? Um, and is the end goal really being um, yeah being reached? So, yeah, I think, I think di- like I said, difference between, you know, pop stars, worship leaders, um, it's just a different level of, uh, just a different, different stewardship altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
So songs are clearly really important. It's a big part of the service, but there is a ton of music out there. <laughs> when it comes to Christian artists, worship uh, bands, churches that are making music, there is so much music. So Lucas, how do you even start to look at all of the music that's out there? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would say um, it, it's difficult to navigate it because, Jeff, you're mentioning kind of this this pop star sort of mentality. It does seem like a lot of, and this is kind of a recent thing, what we call the contemporary music mm-hmm. in just industry, um, is is more uh, uh, aimed at uh, pop stardom, right? It's yeah. more aimed at... Uh, re- reaching the masses, um, you know, not not even a hundred years ago, if you were to enter into a church, there would not be a guitar, there would not be a drum set, mm-hmm. there'd be hymnals, right, mm-hmm. right, and um, and yet there was there's been a, this this shift from focusing on maybe the lyrical content or focusing on acapella to focusing on a rock band, right, uh, to focusing on getting out your tracks to to the millions, and so. Um, what what has ended up happening as as a result of that is that a lot of worship songs are pretty mushy in their content. They're kind of um, they're not I, what I what I like to say is they're not necessarily distinctly Christian. Right. 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 Yeah, sure. And I think that you know the, the contemporary worship industry had a good idea at the beginning, which mm. is hey, let's take the guitars out of the rock stadium, let's put them in the church so that we can reach more people with the good news of the gospel. And that was uh, Martin Luther's. Uh, impulse when he took the piano out of the bar, yeah. put it in the church, and he wrote "Mighty Fortresses Our God" and, and all of these uh, these great songs. So I think it was a great thought, but then it's kind of morphed and it's kind of mutated into more of a concert than anything else. And so the lyrics now, in order to reach more people, have been watered down. And so when you you know listen to K Love, and I'm not bagging on K Love or anything, but a lot of the songs that you listen to, at least that I listen to, and I'm thinking as a father, my young kids listening to these songs, like, man, if they were Muslim or if they were Buddhist or if they were Hindu or whatever, would they be able to affirm these songs? Because right. a lot of them are just God. Right. Or uh, not even God. It's just you and, and uh, my life. Or it's, or it's about me. Right. And what right. I can do. And I'm an overcomer or whatever. And so... Mm. Um, it's 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 really difficult, and so the land. What I would say is that the landscape is um, is difficult uh, when you go into CCLI and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's just kind of the the initial context that I, I just want to give is when I look at Christian worship music, I, I have to ask: Is this distinctly Christian? Mm. Would this offend a Buddhist? Mm. Right? Mm. Would this yeah. offend a Muslim? Would this offend someone who worships God? a God, has a faith, and yet is not Christian, uh, is it distinctly Christian in, in its context? And so it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to begin to, to look at that landscape. Yeah. 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 So then what do we do here? How do we choose songs that we sing on Sunday here at Northwest? Uh, yeah, I, I was, man, just recently... Uh, reading this article by Jen Wilkin. I think Christianity Today published it. Um, <clears throat> but her premise was just, um, I guess, kind of in, in educational circles for years, there's been this, um, yeah, just kind of this mantra, what is learned in a song is remembered long. Um, so, you, like, you put, um, yeah, you put any information, content, and match it with music, you know, you put those two together. Um, and there's something that, that just kind of happens where we're able to 
oh yeah, okay, this, this, retrieve this, um, I can remember this, this sort of gets stuck in my head, so um, the ABCs, you know, my, my four-year-old <laughs> is singing the ABCs right now, yeah. and uh, it's just like, that gets stuck in your head, man. You can remember your alphabet because of those, you know, or the 50 states. I remember learning the 50 states through a song, you know. Um, I'm not going to sing it. Actually, I will. Alabama and Alaska. <laughs> Alabama and Alaska. Arizona, Arkansas, <laughs> California, Colorado, and Connecticut and more. I don't know if I know um, that one. Yeah, or, or, you know, Sunday school, school, school songs that um, it's funny, man. Even in my, you know, old age now, um, with my kids, there's, yeah, there's songs, Sunday school songs, song, great, great songs that just help you remember. And, you know, she goes in, Jen Wilkin goes in to talk about how neuroscience totally backs this up because music actually helps this specific part of our brain called the hippocampus, um, to easily access and retrieve information. So, um, I bring all that up just, just to say that if that's true, and if we are um, supposed to be um, letting the word of Christ, letting the gospel of Jesus dwell richly within us, um, then, then music, um, man, it, it has to be yeah, thought of like we, we've said, you know, very intentionally. Um, it has to include content that is, that is true about God, that is exalting of Christ, that gives that larger kind of gospel story to, to, yeah, restory us. Um, you said you had an interaction with a guy just recently at our men's retreat that kind of made you think about, oh yeah, like it, it is interesting how music can kind of just lock itself into our, yeah, into our being, into our brains. Yeah. He was saying, he was saying, man, Lucas, the very next day after we sing the song, I have it in my head. Mm. And, um, and there we go. There's scientific. It's the hippocampus. Yeah, it's the hippocampus. It's the hippocampus, <laughs> man. <laughs> but I think, I mean, even you during the men's retreat, you were singing "Build My Life" throughout yeah. the entire weekend, yeah. right? And that you just, were annoyed with that. No, I bit. loved it, man. I was worshiping <laughs> with you. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, um, yeah, it's you, especially on a retreat like that. You just we're singing songs, man, and you hear guys, you know, up and down walkways and while we're playing dial and dudes are just singing, including myself. So, um, yeah, I, I guess with that, we want to, man, we want to, we want to think about, okay, what is the content of yeah. the songs that we're putting in front of people and in front of the church? How do you, I mean, speak to that a little bit. What are you thinking of as you choose yeah, yeah. Worship songs. And I think there's there's a there's a, a tough nuance there because I think, you know, if there's anything that, you know, contemporary worship has zeroed in on that's good, it is the importance of aesthetic, mm. the importance of something sounding good. Um, you know, if you go into a traditional church, the you sing, you're immediately gonna notice, well, these have good lyrics, but it does not sound good. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so there has, there does have to be a tension, but I think at the very least, um, as, or, as if if we're thinking of that distinction between pop star and liturgist, we need to focus on lyrical content, the, the theological content of the lyrics, as well as the aesthetic and how it's going to come off. You have to keep them both in in concert with yeah. one another, and in, and in a constant tension. And mm-hmm. so, um, 
so the first thing I look for in, 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 a, in a good song is, is lyrically rich content. So uh, theologically rich, okay, does, does it tell the, the distinctive story of the gospel? And I was just thinking of this last night, that Paul says that the gospel is a stumbling stone mm. for Jews. It's an offense to Greeks. Mm. It's offensive in its claims. Mm. If it's not distinctly Christian and offensive, and in, in not not you're not trying to be offensive, but the claims of Christianity are, yeah. is it distinctly Christological yeah. in its orientation? Um, is it Trinitarian um, uh, in, in its direction? Does does it distinguish you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or is it just this great right. force that's right. out in space? Or right. you know, right. um, I think that we've all heard those types of songs. And so I like to um, put in several sort of theological paradigms to help locate that. So, so the first one would be just the story of redemption. So in our last podcast, we talked about how the liturgy tells that story. Mm-hmm. God creates, uh, man sins, Jesus comes to save, we're renewed by the Holy Spirit. God is one day going to consummate that, that reality. Does, does the, the songs that we choose, do they tell this great mm-hmm. big narrative? Mm-hmm. And in fact, I do. I mean, I have subcategories, right? Yeah. I have call to worship songs. Right. Oh, uh, uh, you know, Psalm 95, or God is a great God above all gods, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Build My Life is a really good example of a good call to worship song because it's, it's all about the worthiness of Jesus, uh, the worthiness of God. Um, we, we need to build, center our lives around him. Without him, we're, we're fallen in sin. So that's um, all creatures of our God and King. Uh, we're, we're commanding all of creation to worship God. Mm. So it kind of situates, these songs sort of situate us in the garden, as it mm. were. Um, and they tell us, hey, God is worthy. Mm. God's worthy of worship. And then we rehearse our sin, our need for forgiveness. And then on the back end, we'll, we'll tell songs that are focused on Jesus, the work of Christ, mm. or the work of the Holy Spirit, the renewing work of the Holy Spirit. Um, so in Christ alone, how deep the Father's love. Yeah. Um, uh, the, these are songs that that narrate how we're taken out of our situation of mm. sin mm. and death. Mm. Um, these are songs that um, only Christians should be able to sing. Right. 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 Um, and uh, and so yeah, I just so I think that you know the story of redemption, the Apostles' Creed is another good paradigm. The Father creates, the Son redeems, the Spirit renews. Um, there are several different passages that I like to think through. Ephesians 1, mm. chosen before foundation of the world by the Father, redeemed by the Son, renewed. You know, mm. you have these different, and, and so I guess you, know, you could say Christology, Trinitarian theology, th- those sorts of things. These are kind of the filters, mm. and then you're seeing it through the, the narrative that the liturgy is at least supposed to be telling, and then you're placing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of... Um, how I see it there. I think that's helpful for, for people knowing, Hey, there's actually a grid Mm -hmm. that my worship pastor is filtering songs through and that there are a a few different paradigms and that there is a emphasis on, okay, is this Trinitarian? Is this Christological is, you know, things that are distinctly Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, why else? I mean, if we're going to restory people, in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, then, then there has to be um, some sort of filter, you know? Um, I think it's also helpful just for people to go, hey, that's, man, that's part of your um, role, your stewardship, is to think 
deeply enough about songs and their lyrical content. So, um, yeah, I, th I think it's good for e even for listeners to know, okay, so how do I do that? And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, so lyrically rich, and, and you've kind of described, you know, a few different paradigms of how you, um, what, what about you, the aesthetic then? the aesthetic part of a song, that that's important. you got to hold those in tension. Because yeah. um, I think, Alyssa, you were saying that, well, all right, this has good lyrics. But you know, as a worship leader, well, that's not, a, that's not what, all that we can uh, keep in mind. Yeah, we're um, not just, like, reading lyrics on a Sunday morning. We're singing them. We, you know, so there's the musical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Can I sing it? Can the church sing it? Can yeah. my band play it? Yeah. Yeah, and... and, and um, Perhaps if you were to walk into a, you know, a more traditional church, that that might not come. But but I think that is a that is a good that the contemporary worship industry has thought through is how does this song hit? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, how does this electric solo <laughs> uh, add? Yeah, add to it. And I think um, one one question that that. Uh, we've we've all been through this. We've all gone to those youth camps where mm -hmm. you're looking for that experience, that mm -hmm. worship experience. Um, that's not what I'm talking about necessarily. Um, we're we're not saying, hey, we want to create an atmospheric experience just to create an experience. Um, at the at the same time, though, emotion and affection and um, uh, even tearful repentance, these are all biblical categories. You know, one of the stories that I love to think of when I think about emotion and experience and affection is John 11, when mm. Jesus looks at the, the tomb of Lazarus. Mm. Um, literally in the Greek, it says that he snorts like, a, like an angry horse. Mm. And what's meant to be conveyed there is that he is angry at death. Death, yeah. He hates yeah. death. Yeah. Um, and so one way to think of this is, Jesus is perfect, and yet he inhabited our, our humanity, and he is directing his affections and his emotions in, in, uh, toward God right. and toward the things of God. Right. And so one way to think of this is, does this song hmm. sanctify my emotions and my affections and my love in such a way that what I feel is, uh, is Godward? Right. It's not, it's not, self, not self-worded, but it's Godward. It's directed towards God. And I think that it's a, it's a fair thing to say, hey, um, when Robin plays that guitar solo on mm -hmm. Sunday morning, um, or when, uh, you know, Jason or Patrick do that, do that little drum the build, interlude, yeah. the build or yeah. whatever, yeah. Uh, is this going to draw up our affections more towards mm -hmm. God? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, that's a fair question to ask, and that's a fair question to go. Um, and so I think we do need to think about aesthetic. We do need to think about how the song comes off. We do need to think dynamic. Mm. Um, okay, we got to get quiet here. We got to get contemplative or now we need to get energetic, you know, that sort of thing. So I think all of that, uh, when you look at it biblically, if it's God word, I think that's all good things to navigate. Yeah. There. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, I mean, with the lyrical content, that is a little bit more objective, right? Yeah. That's the true. aesthetic is more, subjective based on content or context, excuse me, um, based on, uh, yeah, the, um, kind of, kind of just the, the culture of the church, what kind of, um, 
styles of music it prefers. And so it, it does, I mean, you, you can, um, yeah, I think you can, you can nail it some weeks and then other weeks it's kind of like, oh, that, no, that didn't, you know. But I think uh, it, it is an important kind of subjective category to think through, right? Um, and I love what you said about just, um, yeah, that Jesus is um, kind of sanctifying our emotions um, and, and helping us to even go, okay, is this, man, is this moving me closer, um, deeper into an affection for, for him and for the things that he's, um, man, things that he's passionate about, the things that he values. Um, Willard has this incredible line where he says that um, feelings um, are like unruly school children sitting on the front row of our lives clamoring for attention. And so I think like even in a, you know, it, as it relates to music, my, my feelings can rise and fall um, in, in really good ways and, and, and really unhealthy ways, mm. but then in ways that are just like, I don't even really pay attention to, mm. like, they're just there. They're just, you know, um, so why is the, the build in a song on Sunday morning different than, you know, the build of a, of a Kings of Leon song, you know? Mm. Well, I, I have to kind of, um, I guess, have a, enough intentionality as a, as a believer to go, okay, like, is what I'm feeling here, um, is the music, is, is it, yeah, is it directing my feelings, my emotions toward God? Is, is it part of Jesus just sanctifying? Oh, I, lo- I, love, I love this um, and what this guitar solo or what this drum build is doing because it's, um, uh, it's helping me yeah. feel something about um, the kingdom of God that, that I need to feel, that I... Yeah. That mm-hmm. I that I didn't otherwise feel, right? right? right. You know, right. and I think that's one of the things is, at least you know, a parent of young kids. I know that my wife, she, she comes in a bit, um, she's scrambling to get to church or whatever, mm-hmm. and her neglectful husband is practicing uh, with a band or whatever. I'm just kidding, but um, <laughs> but I, I think okay, well here's somebody I, I know that that uh, she's been scrambling, she's been trying to get to church, and her her heart is not necessarily in the right place. Sure. Um, it's not, it's not necessarily in a bad place, but it's, it needs to be kind of driven and directed and, um, and we have to keep that in in, in mind. All of us come with emotions that are not necessarily in the best place and they need to be kind of reined in and, you know, so, um, and I think we've talked about how like last, last episode we talked about some of that is a, um, a, a discipline, the right. transformative discipline of okay, I gotta, I have to, I have to really now. I'm here, and I'm gonna resolve toward um, letting the gospel, you know, wash over me again, and um, in all the various ways that it it does so. But I think there's also you're saying, um, man, there's also an important kind of setting of the table um, as we choose songs, as we. Um, think about the lyrical content, the aesthetic of songs. Um, it's also helping our people. Yeah, our yeah. people do that. Yeah. And I think songs can be, like music can be manipulative too. Mm-hmm. Like just because we do have such a tie to it because of the neuroscience of it. Like yeah, the songs, yeah. yeah. So, like music can really 
um, be manipulative. So it has to be closely tied with the theologically rich lyrics. I think sure. about like um, All Creatures of Our God and King has a key change in the middle of the song. Mm. And it just, you know, the emotion that comes right. just with something like that with a key change, but the lyrics that are tied with it are let... Uh, all the redeemed. All the redeemed, washed by his blood, come and rejoice. Yes. In your Love, yeah. mm, that you know, good. that's a great lyric to tie with this emotional yeah, build yeah. of the song. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So there's there's songs that might meet the lyrical mark but miss the aesthetic mark, mm-hmm. but there's also songs that might miss the the lyrical mark. So do you want to give some examples, maybe, of songs that that don't fit into these paradigms? What yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I would just say um, this is the part of this podcast <laughs> where we can sound like, okay, um, snobbish or, or just really legalistic. Um, that's, that's not the intention here. Um, and, and even some of these examples, I mean, we can miss on, you know. It's like you were saying before with this um, – Man, with, with so many, quote, Christian worship songs out there, there's, there's just a lot to choose from. So even with a couple of these examples, I, I would say not completely bad, inherently bad, um, you, know, you know, woe to the person who wrote these lyrics because they weren't thinking in these categories or thinking deeply enough. It's just, okay, are they the best? Like, are they the best in terms of, deep, substantive, theologically rich lyrics and um, music that, that stirs our hearts, affections in the right way. And like you guys have talked about how those two things are so tied together. Um, so a, a couple of, ex- I mean, Lucas, you gave a bunch of examples, I think, of songs that, that do that well, you know? Yeah. Um, how Deep the Father's Love, In Christ Alone, um, All Creatures of Our God and King, Oh, praise the name, um, which is I think Anastasis uh, uh, is kind of the other other title of that. Um, build my life. All those, you know. At this point, as we're recording this, we feel like, hey, those are really good songs that kind of grab hold of that tension and marry those two things together. Yeah. I think a, a couple of modern examples of songs that don't do that so well. Um, it wasn't that long ago. A, a few years ago, we're all still. Um, kind of close enough to this time to remember uh, how he loves, you know? Mm. And, and, and that song, like, there was a lot of emotion to that song, you know? Yeah. Um, and and it, for those listeners who were like, wait, wait, which one is he talking about? He loves us. Oh, it's also the song with sloppy wet kiss. Well, it. yeah, and I, I guess that's where <laughs> I would... Kiss. I, yeah, I, I guess that's where I would say, like, yeah, Jesus does love us, man. And he loves us at you know, where the music of that song goes, like, he does love us at that emotional, you know, level, uh, mm-hmm. that deep level. But then, you, yeah, you get to a lyric like that, um, heaven meets earth with a sloppy wet kiss, and it, it just kind of, like, jars you, like, yeah. um, I don't know, like, is that the best representation <laughs> of, of Christ's right. love and, and his redemptive work, his finished work for us? Probably not. Um, another one that I think... I have a hard time with is um, I'm going to see a victory. That's a song that comes out of Elevation Church. And um, 
you know, and there's some good lyrical content in that. Like, I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. I just, I think, and Lucas, you said this earlier, it, it tends to feel um, a little bit me-centered. Um, there's also a real kind of repetitive, we're singing the same thing over and over again. Um, and so, you know, even in uh, kind of the, the story uh, of, from where that song comes from, you know, um, for Samuel 17 and, and David and Goliath, it's like, um, you know, it's, it, is that song really saying, hey, um, as long as you kind of have God before, behind you, you can go defeat all these giants in your life? Well, m- maybe, but, but that's not the ultimate thing it's saying, you know, David representing the people of God kind of a foreshadowing of Christ representing the people of God, like in a way that um, no human being could ever represent them. So I I think those are a couple um, that I would just say, uh, among many others, one that we've probably kind of shied away from here is reckless love. Do you want to kind of talk about why that is? Like why... I love that song. Why do we have to yeah. not sing that so song? So here's or? what I'm going to do, though, is I'll, I'll, give, I'll give a couple of mine okay. that lyrically don't, I'll start with Reckless Love. But then I think to be fair, I'm going to choose a couple that aesthetically might not work because mm. I just thought of two. I think. Okay. So anyways, but yeah, Reckless Love. I think, um, ironically, actually, I was just listening to an N.T. Wright book mm. this morning mm. where he used that line, mm. the reckless love of God. And I thought... Okay. That, you know, anyways. But why why don't we like that one? I think that otherwise those lyrics are fine, but that's the name of the song, and that's the number one line in the song right. that describes God. And I think, do we, do we believe that God's love is um, reckless, like he's a teenager that steals his mom's car and runs off the road, right? right. So, I mean, what are we saying about God with the reckless love? And I think you could probably shape it and say, well, it's reckless in the sense that, it's God dying on the cross or, or something along those lines. Whoa, that's just amazing. And I, you know, but I think if, if I were to, to have input in that song, I would say, well, let's, let's try to think of something different here. Let's mm-hmm. think of you know, um, the, the deep love of God or the something, something else, yeah. you know, yeah. the untiring love of God. I, I don't right. know, whatever. Um, you know, and so, um, yeah, th- there was another um, song, um, what about? Name where some some people said, well, um, you didn't want heaven without us. Mm. Um, what is that saying about God? It does it say that God needs us? Is He lonely without us? Yeah. You know that that sort of thing. And I think that we still sing that song because there. I think that um, there is a more charitable way of interpreting that. Sure, line. sure. You know, for God so loved the world, sure. He gave His Son. Yeah. Yeah. not, not yeah. He needed the world. Um, so I think that what, but I think at basic, what we're trying to say is pastorally, what are we implicitly saying with mm. these lyrics? Mm. What are, how are we shaping and forming your theology? Mm. Um, all right, now I'm going to flip it though. Yeah. Um, uh, aesthetically, how are we shaping and forming you? I think one song that I did recently was, um, uh, amazing grace, my chains are gone, mm. but it was the Shane and Shane version. Mm. And I, I remember playing that and saying, we're never doing that version again. Because I just felt like aesthetically, I was like, we either need to go back to ye old school Chris Tomlin mm. or revamp it in such a way that it's not so 
And this is hard for Alyssa to hear this because <laughs> she is Shane a huge. Oh, I love Shane and Shane too. <laughs> Shane and Shane. But I, I felt like okay. what they did. She's a fangirl. Hey, Shane and Shane. I love Shane and Shane yeah. too. I do yeah. almost every. Anyways, all right. So there's that one. I did Ten Thousand Reasons uh, mm. the other couple months ago. I think, like right at the beginning of my time here, and um, I just remember feeling like this is this is not working aesthetically, mm. lyrically. Very, it's 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 Psalm 103, but if we're going to do this one, we need to do it sparsely because mm. it, it just it just it, wasn't hitting. It just wasn't hitting, yeah. you know. And yeah. that's such a subjective thing. And that, yeah. maybe that even just sounds shallow, but I, I I think that that is something that as a worship leader, pastor, you come you come away from playing these songs and you say, well, this one clearly hit. Yeah, you know, yeah. what a beautiful name when we sing. You have no rival. Yeah. It's like whoa. Yeah. Yeah, this this is really drawing us towards God, um, and, and even that—that's a you, you know even that like for for both you guys that's a subjective thing. But you can I mean you can sense that right? You can sense hey the congregation the church's affections are being stirred and what they're singing right now that that's very good theologically mm-hmm. true and rich, um, and so. Let's keep singing that. Like let's let's yeah. you know, yeah. right? Mm. Like like cornerstone is mm. one that has stuck in this Everyone church. Something yeah. about I don't, and maybe it's more than just to this church, but like for ten years that I've been here, it's like mm. you, you start Nancy starts playing those keys at the beginning, and it's like everybody is singing out cornerstone, which is yeah. a great song. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. I do remember singing that at the uh, men's retreat. Oh, okay. Mm. And it was man, they they were singing loudly. Um, so building it out, yeah. yeah. So I think what you guys are seeing is there's there's such nuance to this, right? Like there is some, you know, I I like this song personally, or I don't like this song personally. But then there's there's such nuance as you think about each lyric of the song, mm-hmm. um, you know, to come to a decision like what a beautiful name. Okay, we we we're still going to sing that song, or you know, we're going to take this one out of the rotation. Um, and I mean, you guys know this, but this is why we're doing the podcast, right? So that we can talk with nuance, with with detail, with with more thought on on all of these. Yeah, because sometimes on, I mean, Sunday mornings, there's just there's a lot that you can't say. Right. You know, you don't yeah. have time to say. You don't have time to, you know, even inform um, people that are coming. In, hey, here's the why behind yeah. choosing these songs and not other songs. Right. You know, so yeah, so. So we're careful about songs, you know, kind of on an individual basis. But are there um, worship bands or writers of songs that we've kind of crossed off the list um, just in general? Yeah, loaded question. Um, I know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I would say yes. I think um, as you watch kind of the big modern worship movements, um, you know, uh, and, and some of their theological paintings, um, it, it's something that you're just kind of going, hey, uh, we want to be aware and evaluate and um, just be thinking deeply about. So the specific answer to your question is, um, yeah, like a, a Bethel um, church, uh, it, it, the songs coming out of Bethel, we've just kind of made a decision not to sing and um that, that's a lot of songs and a lot of songs that people would say, Hey man, like lyrically, this is really good and biblical and um, seems to even kind of fit into the paradigms that Lucas was talking about earlier. Um, I think a, a couple 
reasons why. Um, number one, just if you, um, yeah, if, if you look a, more, a little bit more deeply into what they're teaching at that church, um, what they're putting in front of their, their people uh, on a weekly basis, we would say that's, man, it's, it's heretical, it's gospel, it's, um, it's adding things to the gospel that, you know, I mean, you think about it, you got a whole book in the Bible written about that, like Paul and Galatians just, just saying, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, this is, um, so I think that's one reason. Um, and, and I think a, a second reason there, I guess, or, or maybe two reasons that are tied to that are um, because we have a stewardship with our people, um, with the people God's given us, we're in a sense endorsing any song that we sing, any artist that we um, do their their music or their songs, and so um, some people say, "Well, that's a kind of man." It's it's a far stretch to say that we sing a Bethel song on Sunday and then someone's going to take a deeper dive into you know Bethel's theology and what they teach and and the ministries up in Redding, California, and you know that that's going to lead them to that gospel or lead them astray. But I, I don't know that it is. I, th- I think, um, you know, I think you have to weigh, like, what kind of influence do I have, do we have? Um, people are basically just passively just going, okay, Lucas is singing this song, so I trust him, and I trust that this song is good. And so, and then on top of that, I think, you know, with the CCLI stuff, um, we are, you know, in some way financially supporting whatever artists we do, whatever songs we choose to, to sing here. And so, um, hey, if there's a, a place like Bethel who we think is teaching a false gospel, if it could lead our people to feel like, oh, this is, this is good and this is okay, and to, to start to move them in any direction toward that false gospel, and then if we're like, you know, even if it's not a ton um, financially sort of supporting that, even if it's passively, um, we would just say, yeah, there's, there's plenty of other songs out there. There's plenty of other, um, one other, I guess, place that, you know, Elevation Church is, uh, I think, put out a lot of good music. Um, I, I have a tendency at times to feel, I, I just kind of keep a watchful eye there. Um, is what they're singing, is what they're teaching, is the ministry there? Um, yeah, is it, is it saying, the the right things is it is it um yeah is it really representing the gospel of Jesus Christ, um uh, and sometimes I question whether it is sometimes I question the hermeneutic, um the kind of the the baseline hermeneutic um how they interpret the scripture there, sometimes it feels very man centered and so we still do like oh come to the altar it's a great song or aesthetically it's a it's a song that really stirs our people and emotions but. Those are a couple places, and I think what I what I want to say there is like again, um, it it is a it is a stewardship, and it's not something we want to be snobbish or legalistic or like uh, we're we have such a high church mentality here. But I do think, like Lucas had just said, like there's a pastoral yeah. stewardship here that we have to weigh carefully. So. Um, Lucas, myself, the elders, we're, we are weighing that, you know, so. Yeah, and you're, you're saying that from a pastor's heart. You're not, 
you don't have a, uh, you're not out to get Bethel or something, right? right? right. I mean, you just say that as a pastor responsible to Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I think that that's important to, to highlight there. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about what song selection looks like for Sunday mornings, but what advice or what thoughts would you give to just a believer who wants to listen to good music during the week that's not necessarily singing it for worship on Sunday morning, but what, what would you tell you know, just someone who wants to find something good to sing along to on the radio? Yeah, my, my hope is that, because someone who's just kind of listening in on this, they could be thinking, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a leader in the church. These guys are nerding out on this right now. <laughs> and like, so w- w- why is this relevant to me? I, I guess my hope would be that it even just gives you some, um, some baseline categories by a grid by which to kind of, um, yeah, as you listen to music and especially worship music, to go, okay, um, yeah, is this, is this God-centered? Does this say really specific, biblically true things about Jesus um, is this, does this have the capacity to restory me and my family in the gospel? Um, we'd want that. I, I would say that is, you know, that, that is your role. Like you might not be serving in, in kind of a, a vocational capacity, um, but that is your role to have those categories, to think deeply about that, especially as it relates to families, parents, um, you know, some of the things that I, like, I want the lyrics of Amazing Grace and Holy, Holy, Holy and the doxology, you know, to be kind of imprinted in my, yeah. my kids' hearts and lives. I want a lot of the songs we sing at Advent to, um, I, you know, I want to sing them regularly enough with my family, with my kids, that they would start to ask questions like, why, why, holy, 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 dad, why are we repeating that, you know, <laughs> or, or amazing grace, dad, why is it, to, why is it amazing? Sometimes I prompt those kind of conversations because, um, yeah, that, that is a way for me as a father, um, again, to, to go, okay, my kids are being shaped. Um, the, the story of the gospel is, is being deposited in them. So I would, yeah, my hope would be, not, hey, stop listening to K-Love because everything's so vague and, you know, it doesn't... But just to have an intentional category to go, oh, yeah, like, I, I can sift this song, um, these lyrics, um, myself. And, and, and maybe there's enough music out there where I can find, like, on my Spotify playlist or whatever, I can find some songs that I'm like, man, this... We're going to add this one to the to the hopper, so to speak, because what it's doing for my heart, what it's doing for my family's hearts, um, is a really good, healthy thing. Um, something that, yeah, that Jesus Himself intends. So, what would you say, Lucas? I would just say, I, I like everything that you said there, and um, I, I guess I can I could give some artists like Shane and Shane, um, uh, the Gettys, you know. Uh, um, Austin Stone, you know, we could, you know, and if you go on your Spotify and just find, then go down and see who they're connected with other artists. But then another thing I would just say is just, yeah, like if you're listening to K-Love, just have these categories. And and I think one thing that helps is read the Bible, uh, read theology book, uh, book, you know, go, go to Bible studies and understand the Christian faith. And then 
Um, you know, don't listen to every song like super, super critically, but listen to it with an open ear, um, with, with a pulse on um, these things that you've been studying. Okay, does this say something true about Jesus? Uh, does, well, is God's love really reckless, you know? Um, okay, well, I, man, I don't think I would say that that's true, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, and so I, I would just say, you know, yeah, find some bands. You can look at what we've been singing on Sunday, and then there's inevitably networks of musicians. Hmm. But then just know your theology, know your scriptures, um, mm. know, know it really well. Um, we, need to, we need to get back to blending theology with music, you know, contemporary music again. So that's what I would say. I think that's really, uh, really good. And sometimes I would just say, like, um, if you're unsure or unsettled or you're like, man, I, I'm, I'm not a really reader, um, I don't know how uh, much how well I know the Christian story. And so how do I ask some people like in your life, you know, at your church, what are you listening to? What, um, man, what, what should I be listening to? What could I be listening to? I think that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's part of doing, doing life in community, you know, is, um, rubbing shoulders with others and going, Hey, what, man, what's stirring your heart right now? What's, what are, what are you listening to with your kids? What, what musicians, um, seem to really kind of marry that lyrically rich, but also aesthetically, dude, this is cool. I like this. I like this right. music. So. Cut. <laughs> Cut. I think we did it. <laughs> I'm like, you were talking, I'm like, how are we going to end this? How are we going to end this? What do I say? How do we end this? The goal of this podcast is to spiritually form our own church in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you're listening in from somewhere else, we really hope that it serves the same purpose for you. And if you have questions or comments or ideas for future podcasts, or you want to talk a little bit more about songs and, and how we choose them, you can email them to us at podcast at northwestbible.com.